Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 90 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 150 of Wrestletopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AW continues. And last night was AW Dynamite going down live from the HEB Center in Cedar Park, Texas. And I thought this was a very good Dynamite. The crowd was hot most of the show, which gave me a boost as a viewer because it's been kind of rough the last couple of weeks watching all of wrestling across WWE and AEW. The ratings have been flat. Here's hoping there's a bounce back for Dynamite tonight. Heading into winter is coming next Wednesday in Garland, Texas. But until then, let's take a deep dive into last night's show, which kicked off with the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royale involving Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy, Kip Sabian, Dustin Rose, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, Matt Hardy, The Butcher, Sean Dean, Dawson Castle, and Brian Cage. And unlike the previous Battle Royales, MJF is the AEW World Champion. He gets a pass, and the winner will face him for the ring at Winter is Coming, even though MJF is already booked against Ricky Starks for the AEW World Championship. So this is made for a very sticky Royale in terms of storyline, which was a lot of fun as Orange Cassidy and Kip Sabian went out at the ringside. Orange Cassidy skins the cap, and in doing so, the Blade, who was not a part of the matchup yanks him off the apron to eliminate him from this match to a chorus of boos from there we have Dustin Rose laying out Kip Sabian with a beautiful Canadian destroyer and a clothesline they get Kip out of the match to a chorus of cheers then the butcher eliminates Dustin Rhodes and the fans turn on him for that act of villainy more highlights include Brian Cage trying to eliminate Dalton Castle repeatedly. He knocks him off the ring apron, but the boys keep saving Dalton Castle, which pops me and the crowd every single time. They do this three or four times. They carry him around rings, like get him back on the apron, but Brian Cage tosses Castle to the boys to eliminate him from this match a short time later. Jungle Boy is going to take out Cage with a nasty meteora in a great spot. Then he hurricanas Lee Moriarty out of the Battle Royale as well until W. Morrissey is going to... Lift up poor Jungle Boy and choke slam him on the hardest part of the ring. You guessed it, the ring apron, a high angle slam that was painful to watch. And I feel that Jungle Boy went through it too because that was a high angle landing on his neck and that had to suck for him. We reached the home stretch of this match as Ricky Starks eliminates the butcher and Captain Sean Dean has moments against Paige by delivering a tornado DDT. But in doing so, Matt Hardy is forced to do Paige's bidding by landing the twist of fate on Sean Dean before eliminating from this match. And in doing so, Ricky Starks eliminates Matt Hardy for good measure. It's down to Eagle Ethan Page and Ricky Starks. They trade offense back and forth. Ricky Starks lands a beautiful springboard tornado DDT on Page that pops the crowd. And from there, Page lands a roundhouse kick on Starks after avoiding a spear. And they go over the top ropes with Starks hanging on long enough to eliminate Page from this match to win the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royale to face MJF, not only for the championship next Wednesday, winter is coming, but for the Dynamite Diamond Ring as well as winner take all. And MJF comes out to interrupt Ricky Starks' win. And he goes in on Ricky Starks for being a dollar store version of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He calls him the pebble. He says he's the absolute drizzling shits and he's going to own him next week and he's going to send him back to Billy Corgan's NWA so he can waste away on YouTube. And these were bars by MJF, cruel and mean 
as he was calling out Brian Danielson for being scared of him by not showing up tonight after he tended to William Regal last week during that heinous blindside attack when MJF knocked out Regal from behind with the brass knucks. But let's refocus on absolute Ricky Starks who cut the promo of his life on Maxwell Jacob Freeman. He called Maxwell Maxi Paz, a fifth rate Roddy Piper who's all about the cheap heat, getting that reaction from the crowd, insulting their city, insulting the people. And you're all about getting the cheapest heat possible going for the lowest hanging fruit look at you you're cheap cheap tan cheap suit cheap shoes your scarf sucks and so do you who the hell are you to come for me when you're nothing but cheap but let's talk real shall we because i got the support of these people because they saw something in me they put their faith in me and i always delivered they put their faith in you and you let them down at every turn because you don't know what it's like to take responsibility as a champion you don't know the meaning of the word of being responsible for yourself and for people around you to be better than you ever thought that you could possibly be but me i always have to be great for me i always have to be on my game i always deliver every day every month every week every year i never let the people down I know what it's like to be down and out homeless living in my car trying to fulfill my dreams I would do the YouTube shows all over again to make it here on my own merits so next week this is by far the biggest match of my life going for that championship that you don't deserve and that ring on your picky finger and I'm coming for it all I'm gonna knock that mole off your face I'm gonna whoop your ass MJF and as he's done speaking the gospel the crowd is going crazy Maxwell low blows Ricky Starks but Ricky recovers when Maxwell goes with that diamond dynamite diamond ring shot and he is going to spear these shoes off Maxwell Jacob Freeman and the fans go crazy this was a nasty cutting spear that knocked the man's shoes off and I lit for it and I loved this segment I talked about this a few weeks ago on another show and that this is money for years down the road. Absolute Ricky Starks versus a generational talent in MJF. And I thought that Ricky Starks rose to the occasion by being himself. And the people love Ricky so much. He will not win next Wednesday at Winter is Coming, but damn it, I am hyped for this match because I know what both men can do when the lights are on bright and they are at 100%. Maxwell Jacob Freeman is a supremely gifted professional wrestler. So is Ricky Starks. The chemistry is going to be insane. And I'm gonna go on the record and saying, this will probably be one of the best television matches of the year if they are given the chance to cook for at least a good 20 to 25 minutes next Wednesday in Garland, Texas. That is my sincere prayer because I know they can go off in the best possible way. And this promo exchange kind of gave me Stone Cold Rock vibes, WrestleMania 17 hype, which is a big ass compliment for me, but it's true. And I feel these guys are going to be orbiting each other for years to come. And they're going to tell beautiful stories in AEW if given the chance to do so in the future and in the years ahead. So great way to kick off the show with Starks winning the Battle Royale to earn the right to face Maxwell for not only the AEW World Championship, but the Dynamite Diamond Ring as well. Next up is Samoa Joe versus Darby Allin for the TNT Championship. And this match was something to behold as Samoa Joe has tapped into being an absolute menace to society in the best possible way. He has no respect for Darby as he sidestepped a suicide dive by Darby. Darby crashed and burned on the floor and Samoa Joe just smirked and he proceeded to kick Darby Allen's ass by slinging him into the barricade repeatedly. He is going to uncover the floor 
revealing the concrete at the bottom and he's going to do a scoop power slam to Darby Allen quick release style as we go picture in picture we come back and Samoa Joe is still destroying Darby Allen he chucks his dude against the ring post and Darby goes crashing on the floor he's not moving for a good minute or so medical personnel checks on Darby and then the referee initiates the 10 count Darby gets in there around the count of eight Samoa Joe's like dude you're stupid and Samoa Joe's going for sentons Darby kicks out eventually they go back on the outside and Darby Allen's going to send Samoa Joe into the still steps and lands a coffin drop on Joe in a great spot then he's going to do a float over stunner into the cold red incredible near fall and as he is going up top once again for the coffin drop Samoa Joe is going to block it with his knees and locks in the coquina clutch on Darby Allen. Darby Allen goes to sleep Samoa Joe retains the TNT championship but he's not done with Darby Allen yet. He's going to use the skateboard as a weapon against Darby. He's going to put the skateboard wheels up and deliver a devastating muscle buster to Darby Allen on the wheels of the skateboard. It's a gnarly, nasty bump that Darby takes. And then Samoa Joe's going for the coquina clutch again until Wartlow makes a save. And all I got to say for Wartlow, who I love very much, dude, you took about two minutes too long to save Darby from this beatdown, this devastating attack by Samoa Joe. But this leads to whatever will be between Joe and Wartlow. Possibly winter is coming next Wednesday on Dynamite. But I really enjoyed the match between Joe and Darby Allen. It was a demolition derby in spots. Joe is so dominant and menacing these days, which I love. But Darby is a plucky baby face, puts up a good fight. But in the end, he gets choked out and laid out by Joe when it's all said and done. Next up is the Blackpool Combat Clubs, Claudio Casanoli and Willa Yuta versus the Jericho Appreciation Society's Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager. And this match was all about the hyperfinal battle as Claudio faces Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And we got a pure championship rematch between Willa Yuta and Daniel Garcia, which should be amazing. Meanwhile, Hager and Claudio Casanoli are fighting over the purple bucket hat as Casanoli has the opportunity to join the JAS in the event he loses to Jericho for this championship at final battle this weekend on pay-per-view but this match is a lot of fun as Yuta is taking it to Garcia with chops and suplexes off the top rope superplex style we come back from commercial break and we still have Yuta working over Garcia with a German suplex but eventually he's double teamed by Hager who wipes out Yuta with a Hager bomb we got Sam Guevara causing trouble at ringside as well as Garcia and Hager put in that work on Yuta as Claudio looks on but eventually we have Claudio make the hot tag and he is going to go crazy on Jake Hager with rapid fire European uppercuts in the corner over and over and over again just an onslaught of uppercuts which I love Casanoli goes to tough for her Karana and the rotation by Hager is not seamless it's a very clunky Rana But both guys survive that spot as Claudio goes for the big swing. Garcia breaks things up. Yuta goes up top and lands a frog splash on Garcia. Thanks to an assist from Claudio. Claudio avoids the ankle lock by Hager and he delivers 10 revolutions of the big swing to Hager. Goes for that springboard European uppercut, which is stopped. Courtesy of Sammy Guevara and John Moxley is going to beat up Guevara on the outside. And in doing so, this allows Hager and Garcia to lock in tandem missions on Claudio and Yuta respectively we got the dragon tamer courtesy of Garcia on Yuta and Hager locks in an ankle lock but eventually 
we have Claudio spinning free and sends Hager into Garcia and lands the uppercut on Hager for the one, two, three, building momentum, heading into his match against Jericho for the Ring of Honor World Championship this Saturday at Final Battle on pay-per-view at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern, early start time due to a lot of UFC activities going on that day on pay-per-view, I believe, as well. Then we have Tony Schiavone dropping some footage he did with William Regal a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite that was never supposed to see the light of day unless something happened to Regal, which it did last week when Maxwell wiped him out with the brass snuck shot from behind. It's kind of like the last will and testament in kayfabe. If you're seeing this video now, that means I'm dead or something bad has happened to me. And Regal tries to explain why he did what he did at Full Gear a few weeks ago on pay-per-view because MGF was so mad about that email years ago. He wanted to give him an out. Here, Brass Nucks, use them to your advantage. Win the championship that you've always craved for years, but be careful what you wish for because now the pressure's on you to be a champion, a fighting champion every step of the way. And he goes to his relationship with Danielson and Moxley saying that I love those guys, but they don't need me around. They never needed me to be a part of the Blackpool Combat Club. They have so many lessons to teach Willa Yuta alongside Claudio Casanoli that I am unnecessary, but they would not let me go. I can sense they would want me to stay to be a mentor, to be an asset to them. So I had to do what I had to do. And to Moxley, my advice to him is that never trust anybody, no matter how close they may be to you. Always have eyes in the back of your head. That is my final lesson. And with that, he goes away. That is his write-off from AW Television because he is returning to WWE in a coaching and producing role, presumably in NXT with his son, Charlie Dempsey, who was on TV on NXT a couple of days ago. But the caveat due to the early release from AEW by way of Tony Khan is that he cannot appear as an on-air character on WWE Television for a year. So we'll see Regal sometime in 2024 if he chooses to be an on-air character on WWE television again. The longest year of our lives begins now, but I understand the reasoning why. And I respect Tony Khan's decision. In fact, I think that Tony came off incredibly great during his conference call hyping up Ring of Honor Final Battle yesterday. And I felt the human side of Tony come through. He was very honest about what happened at All Out. And the stress from that, his mom has been ill. And you coupled out with Regal wanting his release to be close to his family and close to his real love, which is WWE, which I completely understand. So Tony had a lot to juggle, which might explain the dip in quality for Rampage and Dynamite as of late. And I only have this to say for Tony. I get it. And I respect him for being honest about what he's been going through personally and professionally. And my bit of advice for him heading into the new year is delegate responsibilities across Ring of Honor and AEW and just try to not be hands-on with everything. This is your baby. I completely understand it. But to avoid burnout, you might want to give up some responsibilities regarding the book and creative and give someone a chance to really steer the ship in terms of what you want your vision of AEW to be. You can have the final say, but I think he has to divvy up responsibility to others, which I think he started doing with the tiers of talent relations and people behind the scenes putting the show together. And I want him to expand on that next year because burnout is a real thing. It will absolutely drain you if you take on too much stuff personally and professionally. And I feel that has affected the television as of late, but Tony has addressed it. I respect him coming forward and I hope that he's able to recalibrate heading into the new year to get AEW back on track in terms of producing great shows, top to bottom, seamless storytelling that hits in every way because something's happened beyond his control. The fight was the fight in Chicago for All Out involving Punk and the Elite. 
that sucked and it derailed months of storylines. But now you can kind of reset the table and tell new stories that have a firm, clear direction heading into the new year. But I give props to Tony for speaking out yesterday, giving us a clear understanding as to what's been going on. And I wish his mom the very best when it comes to her health moving forward. And after we get that revelation from Regal on the big screen, Moxley cuts a We Love Professional Wrestling promo saying that the Blackpool Combat Club is coming for the Jericho Appreciation Society at Ring of Honor's final battle. Yuta will get back the Pure Championship and Claudia will win the Ring of Honor World Championship against Jericho. And this will be it for the BCC versus the JAS. It's been going on for months and it's time to blow this off this Saturday at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view great statement by Mox who also issues a challenge on Rampage and the challenger would be none other than Konosuke Tateshka and they had a great match earlier this year on Dynamite and I would love to see them do it again tomorrow because I was about to boycott this show because the effort has not been there recently but now we know some of the reasons as to why the quality has slipped as of late but I am sold on Mox versus Tateshka tomorrow night I'll cover it and I'll love it and I'll report back accordingly right here on WST. Next up is Jay Cargill reigning defending TBS champion alongside Layla Gray and Red Velvet versus Sky Blue, Madison Rain, and Kiara Hogan. This match was all right. I liked Sky Blue's work in this match against Red Velvet early on. Velvet is going to trap Blue between the apron and beat her ass as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Kiara Hogan is going to work over the baddies for a bit, takes her to Cargill for a while, but in doing so, Jade fights back. Madison Rain gets the hot tag and and Madison is going to give Jade a brief battle, but it does not last. Goes for Rip Corey. Jade counters into a jaded slam for the win as she is now 43-0 and in AEW. And I got to say, the fans really take to Jade's star presence. She just screams star every time I see her. And she has a ways to go to be a more complete performer, but she's got charisma and presence for days. And that is absolutely undeniable I cannot take my eyes off of Jade every time she's on my screen with good reason and now it is time for our main event involving the acclaimed versus FTR for the AEW World Tag Team Championship this match was outstanding it over delivered and FTR is just on levels being triple champs for AAA New Japan and Ring of Honor and the acclaimed keep elevating their game every time they're in the ring they're so over right now they're the top merch sellers in AEW Scissor Me Daddy is incredibly over and Caster and Bowens are living up to the hype in the ring and last night was no exception as Bowens went through it by getting chopped by Dax Harwood at various points in this match at one point Bowens and Caster double team Harwood and they land the Scissor Me Timbers that pops the crowd Harwood tries a sharpshooter but Caster counters and the acclaim gets to play FTR but locking in double sharpshooters on Harwood and Wheeler as they grab the ropes to break the hold from their FTR knocks Caster and Bowens outside the ring where they hit Caster with a slingshot using the bottom of the ring for leverage as we go to our last picture and picture commercial break we come back and Caster does make the hot tack to Bowens who cleans house on Wheeler by landing reverse rough rider that sends him on the outside Harwood is going to get lit up with a series of strikes as well as Bowens goes for a new fall Harwood fights back with some rolling German suplexes before Wheeler gets on the apron and collides with Bowens but in doing so we have a black Line tag by Harwood to Wheeler as they land a spiked pie driver tandem style on Bowens for a very close new fall. FTR goes for a double suplex spot, but we got 
Max Caster making the save by landing a spear on Wheeler mid-move. And in doing so, Bowens rolls up Harwood for a near fall. And they land a tandem Casadora cutter on Wheeler, which is broken up by Harwood a short time later. From there, we have Wheeler and Harwood going for the big rig on the acclaimed. The acclaimed tease a big rig, but they get caught eventually with Harwood and Wheeler landing the big wig on Caster, which is broken up by Bowens at the last possible moment. The fans are disappointed going crazy for this match. Rightfully so. FTR goes to the powerplex as Wheeler makes a tag. But Bowens sends Harwood to the floor with an elbow strike on the outside. Bowens is the arrival on Riller, and Caster takes his sweet ass time going up top for the mic drop. But in doing so, Riller moves out the way just in time and he slams Bowens and he is going to rock Caster with a series of lariats goes for a power bomb but in doing so Caster is going to counter with a roll up leverage pin for the win to retain the AEW world tag team titles over FTR the most prolific tag team in the game not named the Usos and the look on Cash Willow's face said it all like he could not believe this he had the win via power bomb roll up victory got countered with the roll-up courtesy of Caster and he's beat via a flash pin and the shock on Willer's face was amazing but FTR does show love to the acclaimed they shake hands hug it out great moment then we get to the big screen involving Austin and Colton Gunn the ass boys sending a message to FTR by way of them boys the Briscoes and we got ourselves at the 11th hour a double dog collar match going down in final battle this Saturday on pay-per-view in two days. That was a choice. It will be a great match. I fully believe that, but my Lord, two days notice is a lot. And this is a way to blow off one of the best feuds of the year in professional wrestling. Both tag team matches involving the Briscoes and FTR delivered, and they will deliver one more time in a barbaric match, double dog collar style as Dynamite goes off the air with that big news to wrap up the show on a very newsworthy note. And I thought this was a good episode of Dynamite. Love the Dynamite Battle Royale. The Ricky Starks MJF promo exchange was fantastic. The main event involving FTR and the acclaimed for the tag team titles was great as well. And we got Samoa Joe being a beast against Darby Allen and Allen shows hope spots but he gets demolished by Joe who is on a mean streak right now which I love the disrespect is high in the best possible way and the hype for Ring of Honor Final Battle was all right they need their own show in 2023 Tony's been saying that hopefully it happens because we do want to have Ring of Honor and AEW be their own separate entities surviving on their own but this was a nice way to hype up the pay-per-view early start time 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific, big ask. We'll see how it goes on Saturday as this is the final pay-per-view of the year with AEW presenting Ring of Honor. Final battle should be a great show. Matches up and down the car look promising and we'll see how that leads into winter is coming this Wednesday on Dynamite as well with MGF and Ricky Starks fighting for the Dynamite Diamond Ring and the AEW World Championship. Plus, we got match Four, involving the Elite and the Death Triangle in their best of seven series as they fight over the AEW World Trios Championship, which could be another banger when it's all said and done. So all in all, great business handling 
final battle for Ring of Honor and the road to winter is coming next Wednesday in Garland, Texas. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 90 of the Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and our Instagram at Wrestletopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows. The drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown back on Big Fox and AW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such as Topia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 60 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. Until then, enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.